Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a podcast about all things geek. This is our second watch challenge, our long-promised second watch challenge, featuring Rick and Morty and Cowboy Bebop. We've all watched the selected episodes, and now we're going to go over them. Before we start, I'm going to ask you to hit that subscribe button, and remember to go ahead and submit your ideas for topics. You can leave those in the comments section. Thanks for listening. Okay, our Rick and Morty Cowboy Bebop Watch Challenge is now officially underway. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereen. And I'm Clifton. Okay, so this is our second watch challenge. I'll explain very quickly how it works to the listeners. So one of us extends a challenge to another to get them to watch a show they've never seen, but we believe they would enjoy. In this case, Frank thought I would enjoy Rick and Morty, but I had been reluctant to watch it. So Frank selects five episodes to showcase that show, and we all watch it. And in exchange, I reciprocated with Cowboy Bebop. So we all watch those five episodes of Cowboy Bebop, and we discuss them all here. So this is an attempt to really see if we can get the other one to become a fan of the show. Tommy and Clifton will help reinforce our cases because, Tommy, you're a fan of both shows already, correct? Yeah, I've I've seen both. Okay. (laughs) And Clifton, I know you're a fan of Cowboy Bebop, but you haven't really watched a whole lot of Rick and Morty before this, right? That's correct. Okay. All right. So, Frank, let's list our episodes, and then we'll get into quickly why we're, we were hesitant to watch our respective shows. All right. Very good. So, for, for Rick and Morty, I chose Season 1, Episode 5, Me Seeks and Destroy. Season 1, Episode 6, Rick Potion Number 9. Season 1, Episode 8, Rick's D Minutes. And then Season 2, Episode 1, Rickle in Time. And the last one is season two, episode four, Total Recall. Okay. And for Cowboy Bebop, I did episode one, Asteroid Blues, episode five, Ballad of Fallen Angels, episode 11, Toys in the Attic, number 15, My Funny Valentine, and number 16, Black Dog Serenade. So, okay. So before we get started, so Frank, why didn't you go along to Cowboy Bebop? I think the biggest thing for me was for the longest time, it was one of those things like Akira. Where everyone and their brother was telling me, oh my God, Cowboy Bebop. Oh my God, Cowboy Bebop. You got to see Cowboy Bebop. You haven't seen Cowboy Bebop? Even when I was getting ready to watch this, my wife was looking over my shoulder, but she's like, what are you watching? I said, it's Cowboy Bebop. She stopped, took the step or two and went, you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop? <laughs> I think for me, it was the, the hyping of it. And then it was one of the things where as, as time went on, I'm like, yeah, it's on my list to watch. I'm going to get to it. I'll get to it. And then ever since then, it's been you know, streaming service after streaming service. And it's like a full buffet every time you want to watch anything. So I never really took the time to go back and watch it. But I think initially the biggest thing was just that I felt the pressure of having to watch it because everyone, everyone, you know, working in a comic shop, people recommend this stuff to you all the time. And I think that was one of those where I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'm not a huge, anyone who knows me, Tommy will tell you this. I'm not a huge anime fan to begin with. <laughs> not <even> remotely. Right. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm really just not. And it's one of those things where even the stuff that I like that it's a manga or anime, I, I like it, but it's still... You know, I have my things about, you know, I don't like stuff stylistically. I think, you know, I like, you know, I appreciate the fact that how well made it is or how beautiful it is, but it's one of those things where it's kind of hard for me to just accept. I don't know if it's a stylized version of everything that I see. So I don't know what my hang up is, but it's one of the things where I never really, that might be the other reasons. I just, I was never a huge anime fan to begin with. Right. Yeah. Mine uh, for Rick and Morty is a little bit similar to yours. It's like on one hand, it was just like super overhyped for me at some point, but 
that was in combination with another aspect that came a little bit later. So like, so Frank, you've been talking the show up to me for years and you and I, like we, we have very similar tastes in a lot of things. Yes. We, we overlap a lot on things. So on your recommendation, I did, this isn't my first time seeing the show. I watched an episode in the past and it was just like a random one that was on adult swim. Okay. Right. And I knew nothing about the show and I just, it was just on one night. I'm like, oh, I'll check this one. Out. And I think, I can't remember which one it was, mm-hmm. but I think I just happened to catch maybe the worst possible one to start with because, like, I didn't get the show. <laughs> okay, I didn't get it at all. I like, you know, I got that it was like it was a warped like Doc and Marty from Back to the Future and everything, sure. and I like, and I appreciated like the the that it had like this kind of sci fi bent to it and everything, and I appreciated like so it's. It it's about stuff that I'm into, but like I just didn't get the humor. I didn't get the jokes, right? And like I didn't know that it had this serialized component to it, right? It's one of those things that it's funny to say that when I I, ch- I purposely tried to choose stuff that wasn't quite so overarching mythology, quote unquote, for the show. I tried to choose stuff that was that would have a bit of a run through for the stuff that I chose, but there's bigger stuff for the show that I just I figured if I chose one of those episodes. I would have to choose all of those episodes and I didn't want to do that. Right. Yeah. So I, so it was that I caught, I caught the show and then kind of, kind of was like, ah, I don't know if it's for me. And then, um, and then it was at that period where like, it started to get like overhyped, overhyped. And I was like, all right, geez, enough with the show. Like, I just don't get it. You know right. what I mean? But I have, I have a coworker that really, really loves Rick and Morty also. And, and he had pointed me into the direction of, of a courtroom video that they made that yeah, I believe was good. like for a San Diego comic con. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was just cracking up at this. So it's basically like, like Morty plays a judge and Rick is like this. I'll say difficult defendant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know? And I just thought it was, just, was so, so, so funny. And, and um, I didn't, I didn't find out till later that it was actually like a re-recorded, um, it was re-recorded from actual like like court footage. Yeah, it's like a transcript, right? <laughs> yeah, it was like a transcript that they just that the voice actors just re-recorded and did this, and I, which I thought it was even funnier mm-hmm. that they would do this. And then and I showed it to my wife later on and explained it to her, and she was horrified. Yeah, uh, <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> so that was like the first uh, the first thing that kind of made me go like, oh, okay, I think this is cool. And then and then I know that they had like a samurai short that was like released last year, and I saw yes. that so. So it, is, it it does kind of flex some cool m- muscles. So like over the last year, I was kind of getting it a little bit more. But right, that was that was my very long statement as to why I didn't go along <laughs> with it. So, um, all right. So let's go let's go have a cowboy bebop first. So let's start with asteroid blues. So what'd you think, Frank? Well, there's one of the things where I mean, right off the bat, you know, it's one of those. I, it was I love the theme. I thought the theme was really cool. Um, I'm you gonna know, just break it down bit by bit. I really enjoy the theme. The theme is called, was it called Tank? Yeah. The theme. Oh, the, op- the opening theme. Yeah, okay. the opening theme. Yeah, I thought, I thought the opening theme was the story. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not thematically like the episode. I mean, them- like the actual theme song for me was like, it's awesome. I love the, you know, I love the, the, the way it's cut together. Um, I did find it very reminiscent of No Vacancy by J.G. Uh, Thurwell from Venture Brothers. Right. Like it made me think, it made me it, like evoke that for me when I was watching it. I'm like, oh, I love this too. This is awesome. So. Yeah, the music's composed by Yoko Kano mm-hmm. and performed by a band she put together for just to record the entire score for the show called The Seatbelts. Okay. 
Very cool. And she does compose all of the music for the show and then works with different collaborators. Gotcha. But no, I, I like that right off the bat. That was very cool. Um, like I said, um, oh, the other thing that it reminded me of when I was watching it was just the ship itself, the Bebop, especially the interior. It reminded me very much of um, of Firefly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tommy, would would you would you agree with me? I don't know if everyone else has watched Firefly or Serenity. No, there, there's a reason why. It, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was it, it, one influenced the other. And, okay. And, yeah, yeah. And that's that's what I'm laughing because. I didn't think you'll hit it that far. That you'll you'll make the connection that fast. Yeah. Oh no no! Right at the bat, I was like, oh wow, that looks exactly like the interior, yes. like where they you know, their eating space and their hangout space is very much from fire, you know. And I looked up, you know, that, that I think um, Cowboy Bebop is ninety eight, and mm-hmm. for, uh, Firefly is two thousand two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's obvious that you yeah, know, it's very and, obvious. Yeah. So the interior design. As for the episode itself, um, I didn't watch the um, the uh, the subtitle version. I watched the dub version. So that's what most people have seen. Yeah. Okay. So the dub version, the, right off the bat, it's got Steve, Steve Bloom, right? As, as yeah, in a very yeah. early Steve Bloom yeah. role. <laughs> as Spike. So it's kind of, you know, looking back on Toonami and those commercials and everything, and then having yeah. him be Spike was kind of, you know, a neat bit. As for the episode, I thought the episode was cool. It's, it's very, it's a very, you know, well animated episode. I like the, the whole, um, uh, what's it, what's the name of the drug? Red Eye. Red Eye. Yeah, I thought Red Eye was a really cool thing. I, I like the way, you know, it's really, you know, I like I like all of that stuff. That was great. I thought the bit with uh, his girlfriend, like, you know, wanted trying to get to, just wanted to go to Mars and they're not going to be able to go to Mars. You know, we're spoiling this for you. If you've seen, if you, have, if you haven't watched these episodes, I'm, I'm planning to spoil everything, so. No, nah, I think you're the only one that hasn't seen it at this point. It's just me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the last one in line? Okay. Yes, yes. All right, the back line farm is behind me, so. <laughs> But yeah, no, I liked it. I liked the the music and, and the fights and stuff. It was very cool. I thought overall, I liked this episode. I thought it was good. Awesome. I'm glad to hear. I I picked this one out just because, um, you know, I just wanted to give you like like the 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 first serving of the whole world, right? I didn't want right. I didn't want you to go in. I didn't want to pick one that was like you know the third or fourth episode and have you kind of be like I don't know the situation, everything. Right. So I wanted you to sort of encounter the world as we all encountered the world at first time. Right. Well, my thing yeah. about it was, what I, I, you know, I instantly had questions because of the fact that, you know, it, it's obviously hinted in that opening that, you know, he, he'd been, you know, gut shot and dies, I guess. And then, you know, it's not something that really comes up again until another episode. And then from what I knew about the show, I was like, well, there's other characters. Why aren't these other characters on board yet? Or are they? We just didn't see them in this first episode. Right. The people from the intro, the other, the other yeah, folks yeah, who see like yeah, Faye and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they, they come on, they come along later. Gotcha. That was yeah. my thing. It was like, we don't have a full, you know, they're in the intro, but they're not in the full, they're not in the full, the episode. So I was kind of like, well, I guess we'll get to them at some point, or maybe they're just not in this particular episode. So. Yeah. What's interesting about the episode is that it does feel like, like this world has existed before you're seeing it. Like oh, sure. it does feel like it's, yeah. a, it's very lived in, but that episode is the introduction everyone gets to it. That right. is the first anyone sees of it. Cause it is episode number one. Mm. Yeah. It it has a Star Wars feel to it, like a very a very lived in, like aged, crowded, yeah. super crowded. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. Well, you're not a big anime person, so for you it'd be peculiar. But if you typically watch animes, animes will show an intro of a a, a myriad of people in the show that are like steadfast characters. They'll mm-hmm. be in the intro, but they'll gradually be brought out into the story over the course of episode. So yeah. it's it's not knew that you didn't see the full cast in the first episode okay gotcha they don't feel the need to introduce the entire ensemble 
yeah. at once. Well, there's only trophy. four of them. I mean, let's not, it's not, you <laughs> know, know it's not a full complement of characters. There's four. And I was like, well, maybe they're, you know, are they in another part of the ship and we just don't see them? Right. Oh, no, no. This but is, that's like, it's a narrative difference. Cause in an American show, like, if you say you've got a cast of four people, they will want to see all four right. in their backstories in the first episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Generally, yes. Sometimes no, but yeah. generally, yes. So, yeah. Not, not animes. Overall, I liked it. I thought it was good. I mean, again, I thought that, you know, the main thing I thought about it was the, the look and the music was the best part. I think it was really, really, as a, you know, as an anime go, or, you know, as animation goes, I thought it was really well done. I like, I, I like the reveal of, of, of the, the pregnancy, mm-hmm. right? Because, because the, the scenes are kind of staged all throughout the episode in a way that like, oh, something, something horrible is going to happen to her. Right. Right. You know, and then and then when there's that gunfight and and, you know, her belly gets hit and then you find like that's where they were storing all the drugs that just spills out. I actually like that. I I like that that reveal to it, because I think I think you're expecting something bad. And I think that you're 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 expecting something to to, like that. She's going to lose the baby. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that you're necessarily expecting that, like, oh, the whole thing was a farce. That she's a drug mule. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, like I said, I, I thought, you know, that was a cool reveal. I, overall, it was a good, you know, it was a good start, starting point. Yeah. So. yeah. And, I, and I'll confess, too, for me, because I'm not a very big, I'm, I'm not a very big anime guy either, mm-hmm. is the thing. I think I'm a little bit more receptive to, to it, to it than, than, than you are, Frank, because I've seen a little bit more of it, but I'm mm-hmm. super choosy about this stuff, too. And one of the reasons... Well, you've seen all of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Wh- one, of the, <laughs> one of the reasons, one of the reasons I wanted to pick this for you though is that because i think cowboy bebop's like a super it's a super accessible one right uh-huh. because it's oh yeah it's about as westernized as you're gonna find mm. oh, yeah. i think and that's kind of like the point of it right 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 you know it did get to a point though where i'm like i don't know if, if at this point in this situation cowboy bebop's the one because i'm like if you haven't seen it in 25 yeah. years <laughs> and it is like the most ubiquitous anime uh-huh. in america yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it'll win you over. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah. tune, you know, stay tuned. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. I am yeah. nervous. I will be honest. I, I am nervous. I, I am pleasantly surprised that you liked the first one. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good one. So. All right. So let's go to our first Rick and Morty. So uh, Me Seeks and Destroy, which yes. I had been saying, I'm Mr. Me Seeks in my head <laughs> for a freaking week. I think you're supposed to. I think you're, yeah. I don't think, I think the Me Seeks are very much supposed to be, you know, once you've seen them once that you never, they never really leave you. So no, I chose this one. I, I wanted, it was one of my things where it's, it's a pretty straightforward episode. There's not a whole lot about, it's a little high concept on science, you know, the Me Seeks box, but it's not like the idea of Rick and Morty just going on adventures together and that Morty is dissatisfied with what they've been doing. Like it's very traumatic what they're coming back from. Right. I wanted that to be a moment of like, you know, you, you just give you kind of like a baseline and then, well, you know, you, we'll talk more about the episode, but that was my idea was like, if you knew it, all you knew that is that they went on crazy adventures and this is kind of the stuff that could happen to them yeah. <laughs> with the opener where they, where Morty has to basically wipe out his family. Well, yeah, the, the open is, is such a perfect open to, to put somebody in for the, if you're not going to pick the first episode, I think this is a really good one to choose because it, it does set up the world or like, okay. We're in a world where, you know, we're, we're, we're multiverse hopping, mm-hmm. essentially. And I thought the open was really, really great. And the thing that struck me about it, like, it, I like the design work because it, it is able to convey a lot of emotion very minimally. Right. Like, the designs are super, super simple. You don't get a whole lot of facial expressions, mm-hmm. but you do. 
right. And it's it effective. Works. Like, you know what words. I mean? Like, oh yeah. 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 And so, and so I like just the animation nerd in me kind of enjoys that from like old Looney Tunes and stuff like that, where you're conveying something with like a pose. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's highly, I think what I like about their, their animation style, it's highly stylized and yet it's not. Yeah. You know, there's a, you know, the, you know, full well, if you're looking at what their stuff is for Rick and Morty, it's unlike anything else, but at the same time, it's pretty simplistic. Yeah. So the bet plot was cool. I love okay. a good bet plot and everything, but, um, that plot to me was nowhere near as interesting as the Meesig stuff and everything. And, and it's similar <laughs> right. to the Cowboy Bebop episode that we talked about. I think, I think that you are led to believe a certain number of things, right? Right. When, when I, I'm terrible with the character names, but when, when, um, Summer. Yes. Right. First, like says, you know, I want to be popular. Right. Mm-hmm. And then is it Beth? Beth is the wife. Yeah. Beth is, is right. Morty's mom. Yeah. Okay. And so. And she's like, I want to be, I want to be like fulfilled. You know what I mean? And right, it's like, right. and after he says like, you got to ask for simple, simple tasks <laughs> right. for these things. And I'm just right. like, wow, they just picked like two of the most complicated things out there sure. out of the gate, you right. know? And, and I love that it, that, that it's even like drilled home where he's like, you guys are doing this wrong. I just want to take like two strokes off of my golf swing. Right. 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 And, and, and the whole time I'm thinking like, uh, like, oh, she's going to fall in love with Mr. Meeseeks, isn't she? Like right. they're going to have a thing. That's what we're going towards is like, sure. is like this affair. And like, they tease it for like a second. Right. And then, and then, and then it's gone. And then, and then the golf swing ends up being this. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> the thing one is, thing. Like, yeah. That drives them nuts and they can't fulfill it because Jerry's yeah. Jerry. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that bit. I love the fact that, you know, Jerry is so, you know, Jerry thinks again, Jerry thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and he's obviously not. But the fact that Jerry's like, oh, no, it would be a big deal at all that you're going to to take these two two strokes off my golf swing. And no, no, it's yep. not at all. You know, it leads to it leads to them in pain and they can't go away and die. <laughs> it's a result. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The point where the episode turned for me, because I'm like everything else. Um, like, I hadn't seen this one before. I had not seen this episode before. Right. And I was like, OK, I'm like, I'm going along with everything. And then it's the point where. The one Mr. Meeseek summons the other one uh-huh. for the first time. Then I'm like, okay, now that I see this turn, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, now, now I want to see what happens. <laughs> oh yeah, no, the the bit when they, you know, when they have, you know, when they're in the living room of the of of the the Smiths house and they're all, you know, and then it just turns into this Meeseeks war, <laughs> and they're just slamming yeah. the, the Meeseeks box to, to bring in reinforcements is amazing. I love that part. Yeah, and then they can't die, so they're just living with all the. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all the oh, yeah. awful stuff that they're doing to each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then they realize what they have to do is kill Jerry. It's the one of my favorite moments in that episode is is the one where the one the one Meeseeks out of nowhere rides through the restaurant window in the horse. Yeah, <laughs> just comes charging through the window for yeah. you know, no idea where the horse came from, no idea where they got those guns, much less. But they <laughs> they just tear through the window trying to get to Jerry. I thought that was awesome. I love the shot from inside the freezer when he's got when like he grabs like the hostage and he's got the gun to her head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she yeah. doesn't understand at all. Of course, yeah. you know what's going on. And yeah. I, I love the bit with Jerry's like, "We're just gonna go home." And the guy's like, "No, you're not. The police have so many questions for you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good bit. It's a good yeah. bit. Yeah, I like this episode a lot. I good. really did. Good. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it. No, I mean for for me, it's the 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 bit I, I like. You know, I like that plot and the, with the three of them. But I also like the Rick and Morty stuff because. It's so it's so a situation where, you know, you, you you'll if you continue with it, you'll see so many times of Rick just being thinking, well, I, you know, I know more than you idiot, so therefore this is how it's going to be, 
and Morty pushing back on that and the fact that Morty's first attempt at having an adventure just goes, it just takes a really, really dark turn. Yeah. You know, because he even says in the episode that adventures are supposed to be simple and fun. <laughs> and this one is so not simple and fun. <laughs> um, also, if you don't realize it, the part where the, when they go to the giant land or to go to, to take, you know, to find out about where the giant's treasure room is, that's Dan Harmon. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, okay. the giant basically in his underwear walking around is, is Dan Harmon. <laughs> So I did I not that, know that. Okay. Yes. That was good. Oh, and then Tommy, you can ask, you can ask this for me. Do you think that King Jellybean is a swipe at adventure time at all? How's that swipe at adventure time? Just the, the fact that you had so many characters like that. Based on candy. Where they did not like, not like to be like the, you know, the horror that he turns into being, but I mean, just the, <laughs> no, that's more like adventure time. No, I'm just saying along like, you know, like princess Bubblegum, And I'm just saying it's, it's a, you know, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, is it, is it, do you think that it might be? Oh, mm, if it is, it's a. I think a long grab. It's, okay. It might be. It might be just a small gesture towards that with the whole candy thing. But okay. I didn't think it as such. I was more um, thinking about it's. You think it's some innocent character when it's not, just right. based on the name alone. And right. you know, did you? But uh, Zach, did you watch it post credits to the end? Yeah. Did you see the tag bit, Zach? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But just the statue. Yeah, the statues. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so awful. Yes, we can learn more from what he was. Yeah, no, it was a good one. Yeah. So, good. I'm glad you enjoyed that the yeah. first one I chose. That's awesome. Okay, very good. All right, so let's move on. So, Cowboy Bebop again now, yes. and we are talking episode five, Ballad of Fallen Angels. Yes. So, this one, um, let me see. Let me look at my, I have copious notes on everything, so. <laughs> Oh, I like the idea that the, the when they're making this negotiation in the in this the you know gangster boardroom, I thought it was cool that they had the blood thumbprint. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. And and, and then it, you know if you're the least bit squeamish about blood, it's like oh my god, the scene just becomes you know <laughs> <laughs> blood sprinklers basically. Yeah. So um, um no, I, I like that. I like the idea of, of trying to expand on what exactly happened with Spike. You know, it doesn't exactly say more than he dies. And so it's kind of a, you know, I didn't really, I'd, it basically started the, the questioning in me of like, well, how is that possible? Even though we're in the future, I mean, obviously technology has, you know, gone on with things. And then of course that was where I said the moment of like, well, was, was Faye in another part of the ship? Was she in, <laughs> you know? And then when they showed the flashback, I, I was kind of curious about, you know, because they show a point where Vicious and Spike are back to back, which obviously meant they were, you know, they weren't always enemies or whatever they are so but overall i like the episode i thought the fight the, the fight in the in the church right was good the same church from the the first episode or the flashback in the first episode is it i'm trying to remember yeah that, think, it's the I music so. sequence in which yeah. he drops off roses yeah. yes okay so yeah no i thought all that was cool i liked it i thought it was you know i liked to enjoy yeah. the episode but it was all it did, but also basically all it did was made me ask questions about the rest of you know his background and what was going on so. sure this episode is all mood, all yeah. mood, you know, like, uh, and, and very effective. I think I love the John Woo, like gunfight mm -hmm. in the church. I think it's really, really cool to see that like animated as opposed yeah. to shot with actors. I think, you know, it's a little bit more impressive that, you know, they're, they're drawings. Right. <laughs> doing this. Um, more good music from Yoko Kano and seatbelts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure, and I thought what one of the it's, it's it's a stupid small thing, but it's but it's like it's an interesting choice. It's kind of like indicative of, of the sort of thing this show does, 
where it's like when Spike is walking up to the to the um, to the church, the shots like all desaturated, but it's purple. Mm-hmm. Right. They didn't go with like a gray. They didn't go with like a desaturated blue. They went with like a purple, which is like just a tad warmer and does right. evoke a little bit like 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 an uneasiness mm-hmm. to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I like I said, um, overall, I thought the episode itself was really good. And then again, it's just one of those, you know, with the way it ends, and the way he ends up and the fact that like, you know, I had the question about who exactly the blonde was. Right, because yeah. they show in the, you know, right. the flash, in the flashback, yeah. so. That that is the drawback of of how we did this. I think mm-hmm. is that yeah is that is that for this show especially is the moments in between episodes. You know, you're a little bit lost as to like, well, when did this become? When did this come into a thing? When did this? Right. You know, in some ways, like yeah. like Faye, they pick up in was it episode two or three? I can't remember now. But like the blonde, you've seen as much by that point in the show as anyone has. Yes, exactly. That's what kind of fit. That's, like, that's of- just how they. That's just how they presented a little piece at a time in flashes. Yeah, that's what I figured. Exactly. Yeah. No. I, I mean, and that, and that's what I mean. That like that as, as we're watching, it's kind of hard to distinguish those sort of things. Like, because I had the I you know as we'll get into with Rick and Morty, I had an issue like this as well. Okay. Where I'm like, is this is there? you know, did we meet this person already and I missed it or are we really mm-hmm. meeting or, or am I supposed to be lost? Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. The, you know, yeah. But no, one thing that from this um, challenge that Frank never got is the pacing of the show, how greatly it differs on that episode. Um, when this show appeared to everyone, this was the make or break episode that made people go, I'm all in. Yeah. Um, Right. I remember watching it on like midnight yeah. Toonami or Adult Swim, whatever it was at the time, like right around 2001 when it first made it to the States. And like the first four, I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm watching, I'm mm-hmm. watching. I've heard good stuff about this. Yeah. And then it gets to the, to the firefight at the end of this episode with like the choir and all that. I'm like, okay, like now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. now yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Everybody call it when it dropped. Have you seen number five? Have you seen number mm-hmm. five? This is the one that everyone goes all in, see what's about, the gunplay, everything about. Up until that point, um, not to say number one was lighthearted 100%, but it has a different tone. Definitely. A different set of um, what it creates. Yeah. Five is set apart from everything you've seen before it. Yeah. Gotcha. It's a lot more yeah. melancholy. Yeah, I mean, that, that was 100%, Tommy, 100% Clifton. Like, that's, that's what I felt too when i got to episode five when i watched it years and years ago i was like holy crap like <laughs> this show's great you know what i love about the gunfight too is he gets wounded and he gets wounded like fairly early and 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 that is i think a little bit of a distinction between like i like that they're willing to take that chance and they and they they kind of stack it against him right away whereas like mm-hmm. you know american american action movies there's bullets flying all the time and nobody gets you know hurt except for the bad guys well, they get you know. hurt. Like they get hurt, but they get hurt right at the very end of the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, exactly. I agree. With you. It was not, it was a good bit to have him. You know, I like the idea of like you said of, of it being early on. So now you got to deal with the fact that you're shot. Yeah, and then try, and then try to win the rest of the fight. Yeah, the the flashback transition too of like the the blonde woman singing, mm-hmm. and then it and then it, you know, cuts to present time where it's Faye singing, and he's all you know he's all mangled up again. Right. <laughs> you know, I love that transition. I think it's I think it's such an effective um like like just filmmaking 
cut basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing that you, Frank, you didn't know you that you missed was it goes right back to episode one with his sleight of hand, how that gets him out of trouble. Mm-hmm. That you don't see that as much in the previous episodes, but it's when it happens in five, it sort of reminds you of how skillful he is when he fights. Right. And which even when he's out, don't count him out completely. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. So another good one, huh? Yeah, no, I like that one too. Okay. Cool. All right. Two for two on this one. Start off to a good start. Okay. So we are going to do Rick and Morty. Rick potion number nine. Yes. Rick potion number nine. I wanted, I chose this one because one of the things I think that, that this show does really well is and and Harmon does it in general is he'll take something that you, you think, you know, like a concept as simple as, wow, I wish there was a potion to make, you know, like you've seen it on like, you know, I'm sure there was a, a family matters where there yeah. was a, a love potion or, you know, uh, if you're, if you're older, uh, you know, an I dream of genie or a bewitched episode where someone wanted a love potion or whatever <laughs> and takes that idea and basically flips it to something mm-hmm. not, you know, not so sweet and not so comical or not so, you know, mining yeah. or whatever. So I want, this was one of the things where I wanted to take this one because this one, again, takes this simple thing of, you know, make the hot girl like me into, you know, a Cronenberg world. Right. <laughs> and it all, and it also shows you that much like, you know, we were talking earlier, uh, you know, uh, before we were doing the podcast, we were, we were warming up, we were talking about Scarface. And I think it's one of those things where that I think much like Scarface was in, in for that particular time in culture, I think Rick Sanchez is also another character that has been turned into a kind of a deified thing. Mm-hmm. And people, people, you know, elevate, you know, oh, Rick's, Rick's this amazing character. And he's not that he's not, but it's one of those things where I, this gives you a really good idea of the scale of, of how badly Rick can screw stuff up. Right. Yeah. Well, this was the episode too, where, where it hit me that this shows a lot more like mean spirited than I knew about. <laughs> it can be. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, again, I, I, this is another one I really, really like too. I, cause you know, I, I come from watching all those old sitcoms and stuff like that. So I've seen the love potion plot done a hundred times by now. And I like that there's this, this warp take on it, right. Where I like also that, it, it, you know, it's called out for being as creepy as it, as it is. Sure. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I like that it does that. <laughs> when he starts calling out how creepy Morty is for wanting to do it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You're a little creepy yeah. creep person, but I like the repercussions of it all that mm-hmm. too, were like like you know basically this one thing you know in the apocalypse kind of <laughs> is the result right <laughs> of this yeah. and, you know jerry's running around with a shotgun yes <laughs> and, yes. and you know going to work yeah you get that great <laughs> you get that great ernest hemingway joke that jerry doesn't get that is one of my i love that joke about the shotgun yeah yeah <laughs> love that one but he's like i don't even know what it means <laughs> but i don't care <laughs> you know um but yeah, I, it's one of the things where, like Tommy and I have talked about this, you know, over the over the course of seasons of Rick and Morty, the fact that, you know, much like Walter White or or you know um, Tommy Montoya or, you know, characters like that, some people just want to you know say, well, yeah, this is our main focal point character that's got to be the hero of our story, and we're like, no, yeah, <laughs> no, you know, make no mistake that that Rick screws a lot of stuff up. You know, he's yeah. a very selfish, you know, self involved character. It's like our Scott Pilgrim from from last episode. Right? Yeah, it makes a lot of bad choices that affect a lot of people's lives. And in this case, he basically, you know, wrecks a planet. Yeah. Destroys <laughs> and, the world. And, yeah. and bolts. It's yeah. like, yeah. please. Doesn't clean it up. Doesn't no. fix it. Is not even remorseful. No. Nope. No. 
tries twice, tries <laughs> twice, basically doesn't work. And then he's like, all right, I got this other way. I got this other way that, that we can we can get out of it, which which I love that transition, too. Right. Because yeah. it is it is jarring. It's intentionally jarring yes. when, they, when they come back to that spot. And it's a scene that we've seen over and over again and everything. And you're like, OK, like like what happened here? Like, how did he fix it? <laughs> and then they yeah. blow up and then it's like oh wait a minute and and it's just it, it's such an again it's it's where design is important where morty shows up like in the suit and it's right. all tattered and everything we're like okay those are the guys we were following the whole yes. time yes here's where we are and it's just this super yeah you know off-putting uncomfortable <laughs> mortifying yes. you know no pun intended like ending <laughs> yeah very squirmy it's a very squirmy scene right you don't yeah. know you're, you're very unsettled by it because like you said you know the world is looks like it's put back together, and you you know they're going to explain how they fixed it. Yep. And no, he just he just basically you know stepped into the shoes of of Rick and Morty that that died in another you know in another universe. And business <laughs> as usual, keep it going. Yep. And Rick's fine with it. And then bury them in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. he even <laughs> says he even says to you know when 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 Morty is having his you know freak out moment, he's like, don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's what he tells yeah, him. Don't exactly. think about it. Everything's fine. And there's that fourth wall moment too, where he's also just like, we can only get away with this like three or four times. Right. I love <laughs> the fact that, yeah, that's one of the, again, it's one of those things where, where when I, when I think about how much, you know, people are like, Oh, I'm like Rick. I'm like, well, then you're a terrible human being. Like <laughs> you don't want to be like Rick. Cause again, yeah. it's one of those things where it, six episodes in, they, even his own daughter says, no, you know, he's a terrible, selfish, important, you know, in, you know, irresponsible ass. And he left my mom. Right. <laughs> like what, what more do you need to know about him than what you've already seen? But somehow he keeps getting elevated into this, you know, not role model per se, but just like, it's like I said, it's one of the things where I see him, you know, I see the character talked about him. Like, I don't think you get, you know, how awful he is. Yeah, he's right. deified. Yeah. On um, uh, yeah, chats or message boards. How right? great he is yeah. or how supreme genius or how powerful yeah. he is. But he messes up and when he messes up, it's big and he has no remorse for his mistakes. That's what makes it even more uh, a defiled, you know, just ugh. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No. you're following the wrong god. Yeah, yeah. no big time. <laughs> well, yeah, this is this is the moment where where hero and protagonist as synonyms doesn't work. Right, it's not, exactly. That's not what that's not no. really what it should be. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, but just because we're following this character doesn't mean he's the hero of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. I mean, my thing about it, when I, you know, again, it was one of those things where I just, you know, it, it, it's so early on in the first season, they basically like, no, Rick's Rick Rick screws stuff up. Don't don't believe his own hype. When he tells you that, you know, I fixed everything because I'm great. Right. You know. But no, one of the things I love about this is the tag bit at the end where Summer's doing the Jaws. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> doing the puppet, like they're doing almost like a puppet theater with, with doing the doll's eye speech. Yeah. God, that's funny. It gets me every time. But th- but there's oddly something sweet about it. And there's sure. oddly something, something like, I don't know. There's something, uh, there's a warm fuzziness you kind of get from this weird, you know, that. Mm-hmm. The family is still intact somehow, right. even though they're they're the only humans on on planet Earth after this awful, awful ordeal. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's it's you know it's juxtaposed. It's 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 messed up right. for sure. But you know it's and they're finally happy. I like I I like how the show is kind of able to to give me like these hyphenated emotional responses. Yeah, it does. Where, where I mean, I'm think... laughing and uh-huh. and creeped out at the same time. Yeah, I, like, it's one. It's one of those things where I think I think Harmon does that really well in a lot of this stuff. I think um, Gervais does it really well because Gervais will have you, you know, cringe and cringe and cringe for the characters in, the, in an episode or, or a scene. 
and then all of a sudden he'll hit you with a, with emotional truth and yeah. you really don't you know again it's juxtaposition of you don't really know how to feel but you know that's one thing i like about rick and morty a lot is the fact that there are there are these sweet tender moments and then the rest of it is you know it, it can be really mean-spirited so yeah and there's sometimes and there's sometimes even like those mean tender moments I'm tripping over my words, but that's exactly what I mean. They're mean and they're also tender, like in the same moment mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. with, with his speech to Morty. Right. And it's like, yeah, it, he's, he's, he's being a jackass. Right. But also, he's also, but he's also being, uh, you know, not, not a good grandfather, but he's being, he's helpful in that moment. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In his own way. Yeah. Yeah. But no, and the other thing is um, just to, just for, in case you're curious or people are curious, the last um, over the right before the credits, the bit where Morty's, you know, just sort of try to, you know, digest what happened to them is right. the song is Look On Down from the Bridge by Mazzy Star. Star. Yeah, mm-hmm. I looked that one up because I'm a big Mazzy Star fan. The good song. And Front Woman Hope Sandoval. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a very good. I think it's a very good fitting song for that moment. So. But yeah, no, cool. I'm glad you enjoyed this one, too. Yeah, it's good. I like this one, too. Good. All right. So let's move on. So Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Toys in the Attic. I'm going to let you go in a second, but, but I'm just going to quickly say my understanding is that this is a polarizing episode. Okay. I'm not as plugged into to the anime world as, as Tommy and Clifton are, but no. that that's my understanding of this is that is that this one not many people like. Okay. Is that correct? I'm not sure, honestly, because I saw it in its first run like 20 years ago and I wasn't like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what it's become since then. I enjoyed it at the time. That's all I know. Okay. Yeah. That no. It wasn't. It was when that show dropped. All people could think about is when they're going to get back to the stuff that happened in the fifth episode. So I guess I can see as to why it'd be not as appreciated, but it's the equivalence of a bottle episode yes. for all right. sets and purposes. Yes. But it doesn't mean I, I. I liked it in a different sense. But I'll let you, I, I want to see your take on it overall to see how you liked it, Frank. Okay. Um, I didn't like this episode. Okay. <laughs> okay, I really didn't care for it. So all it that is much. polarizing. It is polarizing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But my my issue with it is is not so much like again it's uh, the 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 thing the, the 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 gel or whatever it was the goop that's going you know the 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 thing that's going through the ship the sound of it alone was gross so I was kind of expecting a little more you <laughs> yeah. know I've you know I've seen the trope again it's it, it, to play on the trope of there's something in the ship with us you know from mm-hmm. alien to other things mm-hmm. you know. I, I found it a little, I don't know. I mean, I understand that, that Spike's supposed to be pretty laid back and it's, you know, eh, it's not a big deal. I would think would be a bigger deal when you've got 80 hours to get to wherever you're going to get to. I can't remember where they're going. And it's kind of like, yeah, you got bit, <laughs> not a big deal. Yeah. You know, and it, it's one of those, I, I, at that point, the other thing is I, it's my, it, I didn't know much about, I didn't know what Ed's deal was. Like still don't really know what Ed's deal is. Sure. So it's kind of like, and again, it was one of those, it made me think of Firefly or other Whedon stuff where you have, you know, what is typically a, a female name or a male name attributed to a character that isn't of the other. Like, you know, like you have Fred from Angel or you have Jane from, from Firefly. So I was kind of like, you know, that didn't phase me, but I just didn't know this character at all. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, just, I just one of those things where, any, you know, anytime there's any kind of, you're in a closed ship, you can't get, you can't easily get out of your situation. To be kind of like, eh, it's not a big deal. That kind of threw me a little bit. Um, oh, and the dog. That was the other thing with the dog was there. Ein, and I didn't really know. I think in the, the preview for um, episode two. One. 
or yeah, no, it's in the end of one. I'm saying is it leads into two. Mm-hmm. Has I saw the dog there, so I guess that's where they get the dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just kind of you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the idea of the different lessons from the different characters. That was kind of cool, but at the same time, it just seemed. I don't know. I, I felt like I said my biggest issue was it was kind of cavalier about something that could kill them all. Right. You know. So didn't really care for this one. I, it was not my is not my th- favorite of the bunch. This one, I I watching it for the first time, I knew it was a weird one, mm-hmm. and I liked it then. Even mm-hmm. though, um, I like it even more now rewatching it. Okay, I I like that this like this kind of shows the range of the show to me. Okay, and it's a tangent episode. Like you know, it's 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 off from our serialized plot. You know, it's 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 taking a pit stop somewhere and it's going to it's going to do something fun. I like tangent episodes very much. Usually not mm-hmm. all the time, but usually I think that they're very cool and I like that they slow things down a bit. They can be sometimes good character studies and everything. And I just like how this one, the the, the story pacing for this. I like how it all unfolds. Okay. You know, um, but I also like how absurd the backstory is for <laughs> sure. Oh, you know? no, it's very, I mean, it's very absurdist and I get that. It just was yeah. one of those things where, you know, the, it, it's the stakes are supposed to be high. It's supposed to be a big deal. Once they realize it's a big deal. And then the, the way it ends, I went, well, I guess everyone's just okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, and also it's with pacing. It comes between two heavier episodes that you're not aware of. Mm, so okay. that plays into as well. Also, I think um, you're um, not getting used to the characters plays in it as well, because if that's your first introduction to Ed, mm-hmm. it's a little jarring because you're not giving us the what Ed is on how Ed comes to be on the ship. Right. And then there's yeah. another episode previously that makes it even funnier is what is said in the second episode in which okay. um, um, Jet and Jet's telling Spike no no pets, no women, no kids. Okay. And that's the key to living a great life. <laughs> okay. And, right. And then, you know, the formula they have is exactly, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Like I said, I just, it was one of those things where it just, you know, this it's, as I've said before, it's the, the idea that I thought the stakes were much higher and really it's kind of like, not really. Yeah. So, you know. I can see that. Yeah. It's jarring. It's jarring, yeah. especially the way that, the, especially the way that you watched it. Right. Where, yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, it, you know, if it watched in, in, like you said, Tommy, between the two, it might have been just a goofy episode to have him to break the tension. Yes. But it, like where where watching it on its own, I you know, I had a feeling of, you know, are they spe- is, is it a joke I just don't get or is it, you know, I know. I mean, the other thing is I had no problem with Ed other than I don't know what Ed's deal is. So why Ed was able to just, you know, eat that thing and not have a problem. <laughs> okay. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it also okay. plays off the joke that you've seen in the first one uh-huh. where they're always hungry or they're always don't have enough for food. Right. Yeah. Again, another another firefly, but they always got to go to the next job, right? Yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. See, the, <laughs> see the parallels, huh? Oh, no, I absolutely do. I can't help but see the the, the firefly parallels. Yeah. But no, so. it, it's, yeah, it, I find it very funny that you caught on to that very quickly. Oh, but, yeah. No, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. But the audience of both shows are polar uh-huh. opposites. Okay. Gotcha. Really? Well, you know, I f- oh, interesting. You know, you know, I feel about Firefly. So. I know, I know how you feel. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely know how you feel. About it. But Zach, were you gonna say really? You are surprised? Yeah, no, I'm surprised to hear that there's there's not more crossover. No, if mm. that's the case, then you'll see a lot more shows mm. of space westerns as a result of 
Cowboy Bebop, correct? Mm-hmm. Because, but yet, however, Firefly is the only example of what? A space western, which is right. exactly sure. what they call Cowboy Bebop. Hmm. I find that to be not a coincidence. But yeah. Whatever. Right. Clifton, what do you think of this one? I like this one. I watched the run in order as it came out. So it was a different situation than we're in now. And I liked that it was offbeat. I mean, it's offbeat from the start with the like Stardate intro. And then it just has references to Star Trek, Aliens, 2001 A Space Odyssey at the end. Mm-hmm. And then it has a very intentionally anticlimactic finish yes, in, right. in multiple ways, not just with Ed finishing off the, the threat, but also finding out that it's just leftovers. Yeah. yeah. It's a rock lobster. Of all things. <laughs> yeah. Given their yeah. space um, references. <laughs> I mean, their um, song references. Right. I find it funny that it was a rock lobster that caused yep. all the problems. Rock lobster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our engineer looked it up on IMDb. So, so it's, it's ranked 12 out of 26, right? So it's, 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 you know, people don't hate it. It's right in the middle. It's not everybody's favorite. <laughs> right. It says it has you know. an 8.3 rating, which is actually yeah. pretty high for IMDb. <laughs> Extremely right. high for IMDb. <laughs> they hate everything. Yes. Yeah. I do like this one. I have two notes. Watching back uh, again, um, I would have enjoyed, I think, if the if the design was different for Spike in this one. And I can argue myself out of these two points that I'm going to make also. Right. Because I could see it justified also. But I like I, I think had he been. Either the jacket off or the tie off or something like that. Right. Like I like I like pajama plots. And what I mean by that is. I like the moments like X-Men 2 is a great example of this. I like the moments where, you know, you're put under stress in those moments when like you're sleeping or something like that and you're just doing your thing, right? Because when you're catching the character and they don't have their armor on and they don't have all their tour their tools and they're barefoot, right? It <laughs> right. can it can make it, it makes them more vulnerable in situations. And I would have liked the idea that this happens a bit when they're just kind of lounging around the point where I can argue myself out of this is that, you know, he's in the suit because this is just another day and he's ready to go to work and everything. And then this happens. Well, you know what I mean? But you get that with Faye. You just don't get it with him or, um, yeah. or um, jet ever actually. Yeah. And then the other, it's, a, it's a stupid small thing, but when he lights the cigarette, when he tries to light the cigarette with the blowtorch, mm-hmm. right. And it doesn't work. I think maybe I would have liked to have seen it work. Yeah. Right. Cause I think that there, that there's like an effortless, like cool nonchalance that would have come from that. And it would have made him feel capable in that situation. Right. It would have been, it would have changed that moment to like, like, you know, it's a moment of release. He's, he's focusing right. And now he's going in and he's not messing around. You know what I mean? But again, I could see it argued the other way too, because he's not a character with a whole lot of finesse. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I, 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 my thing is like, well, you know, I mean, I get we, but why I liked it was the fact that it, it, it's, it fits because the fact that he just doesn't seem to have a plan. Like yeah. he just, yeah. you know, you know, he just sort of yeah. like straps on the ISP belt and goes to work, and yeah, yeah, you know, you know, and then and he, in his mind that should have worked too, but it didn't. Yeah, no, I'm with so, you. I, th- I think it I'm, works the way the way it does as well. I'm just, I, I'm just wondering, like. Does the audience need a moment where they see him be like, okay, hang on, like, but he's going to get this under control. He's going to be okay. Right. You know what well, I mean? And, and I think that that moment would have represented that a little bit 
again, I don't know if we need it. I think it would have been cool. Yeah. But it's also cool the way we got it. Right. Like I said, I can argue myself in and out of them, depending on gotcha. which way the wind is blowing. But okay. yeah. Okay. So let's move on. So I've never been able to say this episode right. Rixty <laughs> Minutes. Rixty Minutes. Yes. <laughs> Season one, episode eight. Season one, episode eight. I chose this one because one other thing that Rick and Morty does way more, I think, than other Harmon properties is it gets really absurd really quick. And they're very much like, let the tape roll. We'll just come out. We'll come up with whatever comes out. And it's one of the things where if you don't like that aspect of the show, you probably won't like it. Because there, this one is like whole cloth, that idea of we're just going to sit in the booth and screw around. And then, oh, yeah, then we're going to have a plot. But a lot of our episodes are going to be just screwing around. Right. Sure. So, you know, it's one of those, they do it, you know, it's, it's done a few times. Sometimes it's done better. Sometimes it's worse. This is the first time where they actually just go for it and do this one. Yeah. You know, where they have this. It feels like that. Where they have the, inter, you know, <laughs> the interdimensional TV. And Rick even says at one point where he's winking at the audience and says, you know, it has an almost improvisational feel because that's what they're doing. Right. Oh, so yeah. I didn't know, okay. I didn't know how you would like, you know, whether you would like this one or enjoy it or not. But like I said, it's one of the, it's one of the better ones where they do this, I think. Right. Okay. This one felt funny to me and I like the situation. I like, I like the setup, right? The idea that you're, that, that you're watching TV from other dimensions. Right. I think, I, I, I think is a fascinating idea and, and somebody with, somebody that's actually doing sci-fi like i I, I don't want to say for real but yeah air for real i mm-hmm. think can explore this in a really really interesting way i think that right. there's there's a lot to be you know taken from this mm-hmm. um but i go back and forth on it too it's one of those things it's like you know given the setup you want to see a lot of tv gags right because you want to sure. see what's out there but right. i think the tv gags in my opinion i think can like they fill the episode too much okay you know and and it felt it 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 felt like the other plot like really kind of uh, um suffered because of it and mm-hmm. i thought some of the tv gags w- went too long also. sure i like the ants in my eyes gag that one was was a situation <laughs> where it went on long so long that it was funny right, right. i like that one too where they're yeah. just like no like let's just see what happens yeah, yeah. this guy going home yeah but the other ones that went on a little long, I kept like in my head, I'm kind of going like, all right, let's cut yeah. it. Let's wrap it up. Can we, sure. can we get back to Jerry? Can we get back to, to the situation here? Which, which, yeah, which watching it thought, I thought that's where the weight lied. Sure. And oh, not sure. so much with the shows. Well, again, it, it's one of those things where I, I, you know, it's, it, I agree that some of the bits do go a little long, but I, I like the episode overall. I think it, well, the other thing is I wanted to pay off the episode. Um, the episode before where you, you know, you have all the stuff with the Cronenberg worry and the fact that they, you know, they buried their bodies out in the backyard. And then Morty points it out. That's mm-hmm. my grave. Right. I wanted you to see that moment. That was part of the reason why I chose this one was because I wanted you to see that moment of they deal with it. It's not something that just happens and it goes away. They have, you know, there's, there's, you know, consequences for the fact that, you know, Morty's been dealing with the fact that he's breakfast, you know, like, what does he say? 10, 12 feet away from my, my yeah. corpse. Yeah. You know, that's a thing that a lot of shows that again, would have a high concept or have something happen that may not pay that off. And it's one of the things where, you know, Morty, whether, you know, you feel like the, that it's paid off in the episode that we watched, this one does do that. And I, you know, of course it's got the line about, you know, nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's going to die. Come watch TV. Yeah. You know, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I was, I was blown away 
yeah. at that at that moment that it that there was a callback to it because again like you know being that you've been watching TV your whole life and and you know stuff just doesn't get talked about right right you right. know what I mean there's there's a lesson in one episode <laughs> right we talked about this in our serialized versus episodic stuff happens in an episode and then you don't necessarily get any callback to it ever again and I was right. really shocked yeah. that they that they went back to it and then again in a weird hyphenated emotional Rick and Morty way it's awful <laughs> yes <laughs> it's yes. really messed up but it's kind of touching also at the same time right like, yeah yeah oh yeah that's 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 mainly why I mean like I said I enjoy the 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 absurd parts of it and the improvisation stuff and the goofing around in the booth but the real meat of for me is the stuff with 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 Beth and Jerry and you know would their lives have been better if they'd not had summer or whatever and then the idea that you know <laughs> It's not. It's bad enough that they're contemplating this, but they contemplate it in front of her. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. of course she's she's going to go do something in in the, in the southwest with <laughs> with turquoise. Yeah. <laughs> you know whether that means turquoise or crystal meth, you don't really know. <laughs> but yeah, and then the fact, like I said, the the, the be- like for me the best part is just that they deal with the fact that no, they you know we're living in a world where we <laughs> had to bury ourselves. And outside of like, I was trying to think about it, and I was thinking about characters that really have that moment of, you know, kind of putting their old selves to bed and it's or to rest. And outside of comics, I really don't know where I've seen that. I know in like, you know, it's, there's a moment early on in, in, in Miracle Man where Miracle Man has to basically do the same thing for his alter ego, mm-hmm. you know, and outside of like, Hey, I'm trying to pretend that I, you know, I'm not this character. Or I'm not my, I'm not my secret identity. I've never really seen that. had that moment of a character having to deal with the fact that, no, I buried myself. I'm right over there. Right. You know, <laughs> And again, for a show that's, you know, and he's supposed to be like, what, Morty's what, 15? Oh, right? I, you tell me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, you know, and then, and again, it's another, at the end of the episode, I think wraps up really nice with having that song from Belly, the Seal My Fate song about the fact that, no, Beth and Jerry are supposed to be where they're supposed to be, even though it's not a perfect situation. Yeah. So, but yes. Tommy Clifton, what do you guys think? Just another messed up Rick and Morty episode <laughs> yes, where it just messes with your head. So yeah. mind F where yeah. you think it's one thing, but it's not. And it brings them together in a weirdly strange way. Mm-hmm. As far as how, I mean, it's weird how they come together as a family, which they shouldn't by all any means. And just emphasizes more so more or less that Rick's just a awful person. Mm-hmm. So no, this one, eh, I, I I'm okay with the episode. Um, yeah. It's not my most favorite. It 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 the ending pulls it out of that place of where you you could care or not care about the TV stuff going on. Yeah, but to me it's okay. I I I, I enjoyed it for what it is on yeah. the callback. I I wouldn't like this episode that much had we not gotten that Morty discussion with Summer. I think mm-hmm. I, I think that that elevates the episode quite a bit to me. Like I said, because it, it is a shocking moment. Yeah the end where they tie together them watching the TV with with Beth seeing it through the virtual mm-hmm. yeah. reality thing for the other dimension so you see it from both sides like I do think that is a, is a really nice bit and, and disguises a lot of heart in what otherwise does appear to be just kind of like a random episode sure yeah. I mean yeah, I will say sure. I will say this you know of all the stuff that they do I do find my saying, uh, myself saying a piece of toast all the time <laughs> because it, I think it's a funny bit, but you know, that's just me. You sounded like the narrator from Super Friends there. 
poor Bobby Moynihan still showing up 23 years yes. later. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, and they don't get along apparently, artistic <laughs> differences. So, but yeah, like I said, that the main, like I said, for me, it was mostly the fact that, they, that I wanted you to see that payoff. I wanted you to see that, oh no, there, there's consequences. Yeah. They, you know, it's one of the things where they are really, and Tommy, you can back me up on this, they are really good about playing with their continuity. And then there are times where, like, eh, don't worry about continuity. It's not that important. Yeah, they play that double-edged sword all the time. All yeah, the time. Yeah. You think the, the stuff that you want them to come back to and they don't are the stuff yes. that they cast will come back to and it makes the whole episode that they brought it up. Yes. That's a fun line to walk, though, I imagine. Like, <laughs> both creatively, but also as a viewer. I, like, I, like, I can see also now where, where the, the fan base has a lot to grasp on, right? Because there are layers here, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's how... It's how, how, how into it do you want to get, essentially. And, and I think that it is cool as you anticipate a season coming down the line, like what are they going to get into? Are they going to get into like this sort of thing that I put weight on that I, that I enjoy, right? Is mm-hmm. that going to have some meaning again or is that just something that's not going to get talked about again? And I could, I could see that kind of being a, a way to surprise the audience a little bit in a good way. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, all right. So let us move on. Cowboy Bebop again. So this one is episode 15, My Funny Valentine. I'm going to let you go. Okay. <laughs> um, right off the bat, I thought it was a cool transition from, from the frozen fade to the frozen fish. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was like that kind of stuff from a storytelling standpoint. I thought that was cool. Um, I was hoping for more of a straight up origin story as opposed to, you know, ambiguous sort of well this may have been your background but yeah. not really yeah i was you too know? and it's one of those it's one of those <laughs> things where i didn't know if it was you know because it made it sound you know she's a con girl or a con woman or a con you know whatever so it's one of those things where i didn't know if it, again i didn't know that much about the character so i didn't know if it was a situation where you know sometimes in the situations in other shows or other you know, with other tropes you know they have a million backstories ready to go Right. right. So I was expecting, I didn't know if this was, you know, a situation. Cause even, it even when, when, um, Spike comes out of the, of the, of the restroom or whatever, and she's like, how long have you been listening? And he's like, oh, long enough to know that you need a rewrite. I didn't know if this was just something that she was doing to entertain herself with a dog. And then, of course, when the payoff is actually that no, um, uh, Whitney is actually the con man that's been conning, you know, they're after, you know, hmm. I was hoping to actually get some answers. And then it doesn't really, you know, he doesn't know either. Right. So, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was an uneven episode for me. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it wasn't, I liked the idea of, you know, if that is her backstory, that's kind of cool, but yeah, you know, so don't really know the, the reason I'm saying like, yeah, I, I am me too <laughs> is I, it's been a long time since I've seen the show. <laughs> I love the show, but I haven't watched it and I haven't done a rewatch for it in a while. And in my head, I remembered this episode and another one being the same episode. Okay. And I didn't realize that it was split up. And I actually meant <laughs> to give you a different episode entirely. Yeah, I'm about, yeah, about to say, oh. yeah. yeah. Okay. Now you, now you have extra credit homework. Yeah. yeah you oh, go. Wow. Okay, cool. But yeah. based, but based upon the character Faye, this is her backstory part two. Um, oh. You missed the intro of the character. And what that led towards it. This was just more sprinkles on the cake, on the uh, cake, for lack of a better term. 
right. in which it adds to it. And there's more. It fleshes out even more so. But yeah, this is relatively part two um, of her past and what um, what she had to go through to be there. Yeah, yeah. You you kind of missed her introduction, and right. this just mm. adds to it. Uh, it. I think it worked better had you seen the first one. Yeah. Okay. Because then you understand the whole aspect of the Griff. Okay. And why it catered to her especially, and why it's why it plays to who she is. And mm-hmm. how much it was it the guy was important to her in that regard? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. The guy kind of reminded me of, of and Tommy, you'll know this is of Howard from Hamlin, Hamlin McGill. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At least the first version of him. Yeah. Or the, the first yeah, version yeah. for sure. The second version, not so much. <laughs> yeah, the first yeah. version, absolutely. I was like, Howard? But um, to me, I see his fat shaming because he yeah. was, when, it, when he was a jerk or seen as a jerk, all of a sudden he got fat. And I didn't get that till later. I was like, wait a minute. No, it's there. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely there. <laughs> right. Well, the other, the other thing that's funny that you mentioned that was, which, you know, in the lens of, you know, where we are now is the idea that, you know, it's the idea that, well, a prince has to protect the sleep of beauty. Yes. Yeah. You know, where I was like, she's supposed to be a competent con, you know, she's pulling cons and she's, this is her deal. Uh, you know, it's kind of a weird place to put her in, in her origin that, you know, she had to rely on this dude, you know, and then the dude conned her. And I get maybe that's where she gets the idea to start yes. doing that sort of thing. Yes. But yeah. but yeah, what you miss is the intro of it in which they meet her and she's conning. Right. So this well, is what a, we expect yeah. from a character like that. Yeah. This you know, is that's, this is that's the explanation what of what it is. So this, yeah. this is where my shoddy memory lets you down. <laughs> <It's> okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was an okay episode, but again, I think my expectations of it being more than what it was, was more than your shoddy memory. So what, what I do get impressed with it, rewatching this episode is I am impressed that how we kind of get to see a whole nother world explored within this world. Right, mm-hmm. that we do see this flashback, and we kind of get an get an idea of what before was like. Sure, right. Even though because because it, it doesn't exactly resemble us, our time, what we know. Right. So there's still like a cool bit of world building that they do here that we're seeing sort of the connective tissue between the viewers' world watching it and and the world that is the show. Right. You know, and I am impressed that they're able to do that with such a short amount of time because it's only done like in these flashback moments. And, you know, it's it's not the whole episode is a flashback, right? It does cut back and forth between like like the current time and flashbacks. So it's not like a whole 22 minutes that's in the past. Right. Right. Like I remembered it. So I do think that like it's it's just impresses me how they're able to kind of do so much. So in such a short amount of time. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I well, I mean, I like that, but at the same time, I've seen it done better. No, no offense sure. to anyone who loves it. You know, the, I, you know, I love a good, you know, we're, we're going to flesh something out and give you a backstory in 22 minutes, but I've seen it done better in other things. Right. Well, well it builds off of different parts. That's one. I know. I and know. Two, I you watched that. it 25 years later from when, <laughs> when they came out. <laughs> sure. And, up, and for something altogether different, I like the bit in which she thinks she knows the appliances in the room. That's a good bit. I like yeah. that. No, <laughs> yeah, I like, like that. That what's... was good. That's a cool yeah. moment. I like that a lot. I thought yeah. it was very cool. Where he's like, no, no, this is, you know, that's a lot. It's a washing machine. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, was, I was good yeah. with that. And it was cool, but you know, so yeah, but I, like I said, it's not, you know, I, it's again, I liked it. It, it just, I, I imagine it would help if I'd seen the other one. So, right. 
Sorry. That's okay. Womp. <laughs> Womp. All right. So, all right, where are we? So we're in season two now of yes. Rick and Morty, episode one, Rickle in Time. Yes. I love this one. I thought okay, this good. one was really cool. Good. I like the 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 gimmick of the show. Yes. Uh, it was very effective and, and worked on me. And I and this is one I can see people rewatching over and over again to try and parse out what is what is this set of characters saying in that situation? What is this set? Because what's impressive to me is that they, they talk over each other mm-hmm. at times. And sometimes it's exactly the same. And sometimes there's difference. And I'd like right. the subtle, subtle differences of like, oh, Summer's on on this side mm-hmm. of, right. of the room in, in that reality. And, you yes. know, yeah, um, I, I, I don't know that I've ever quite seen something like that before, which I which I thought was cool. Right. You no, know, I li- I- I like this one a lot because it's it's again it's an, it's a um it's an instance where they'll take something that's pretty high concept or pretty hard science and then again tweak it or play with it the idea of you know the uncertainty principle Heisenberg's uncertainty principle being a thing that you know causes them to <laughs> split into these yeah. various you know things and the fact that they got, they've got to try to be certain and bring it all back together yeah you know I, I thought again and, the, and then the fact that they overlap and you know there's a bit with um with Rick trying to kill the other Ricks or he realizes the other Ricks might be trying to kill him because he knows what, you know, a piece of shit he is basically, (laughs) you know, that to me is, is, um, that to me is, is a great moment. I like that moment quite a bit. Um, yeah, I like this, this, you know, I love this episode because again, I think it's one of those with Rick and Morty, you do get a lot of hard science stuff that they sort of, you know, yeah, twist and manipulate, and, and you know, if you if you like that sort of thing, it's cool to play with. So I I love the uncertainty principle getting kind of a literal, yeah, like like <laughs> you know, run with it. Where yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's get it's going down also to like your choices and whether or not you know you are you know sure of yourself in this situation, whether or not you're going to second your guess and second guess yourself in this situation. Yeah, no, I re- I really loved it. Um, the the subplot. I think I got kind of bored with that time while I laughed. And I think some, some great jokes are in there. <laughs> right. The, uh, it, it was Not- one of those things. This is kind of also the same as, is the previous one that we talked about. Uh, Rick's right. minutes were like, there is sometimes in, in a few of these episodes that I watch were like the, like I'm in, I'm super invested in either the a plot or the B plot, but not all the time I'm invested in both equally. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of those things when I put this together and I rewatched them all in one sitting, I had that moment of like, wow, my through line through a lot of this is, 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 uh, is Beth and Jerry. Like I didn't mean to it. Like it was not a, it's not a conscious choice, but you can see like, it's a good snapshot of what, you know, what their marriage is like and where they are as people. And I certainly didn't intend to do that, but it was one of the things where as I watched it again, I was like, oh yeah, that's a lot of, you know, them, you know. That's their kind of their thing, but at the same time, you're getting a lot of quick bursts of like, well, this is you know where they are. So interesting, yeah. yeah. Because I, because by this point, I'm thinking, do they just talk about this every episode? Do they <laughs> right, like right. almost get yeah. divorced every yeah, episode? Didn't, didn't it wasn't planned. Like I said, right. I was just trying to like like I said, I was trying to show you diff- different facets of the show that basically are going to be what the show is about in various spots throughout the rest of it. You decide to stick with it. So is this whole show just about their marriage being in trouble? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's was all. It da- is. Was and Dan then, Harmon going through a divorce at this time? Like, what was yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah. But no, I, 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 you know, I like a, a lot of the dialogue. I think is really good for Rick in this. Um, you know, the whole thing about you know <laughs> about being when he tells 
you know, Morty and Summer that he doesn't really know them other than how much they're a pain in his ass. And he's like, yeah. let, me get my, let me get my whiteboard. You know, it's been a long time coming and tries to explain to them how they really don't matter to him. Again, which is mean spirited, but it's one of those things where, you know, that's Rick. So, yeah. And the but, production um, nerd in me kind of geeks out at, at sort of like the synchronization of it all. Sure. Too, oh, or, like I don't. Yeah, I couldn't imagine trying to put it all together. Yeah, I couldn't imagine like like either editing the episode or even like you know, you, you know, getting everything ready to send off send over to C's and animated and yeah. everything like you <laughs> know. To explain to to have it all like like succinct and perfect and and yeah. you know and and you know I only watched it one time, but there's very few like hiccups that that I can notice in it. Like it's pretty, it's pretty crisp. I yeah. think. Yeah, I, I like I like the fact that you know they managed to pull all that stuff off. And again, like you said, I don't think I've ever really seen it done that way and that well in anything else. Yeah. And then you know, and then it's also one of those things where you get you know you, you'll see if you stick with it, you'll see like they get a lot of good, surprisingly good like voice cameos. So like to have Keegan Michael Key and yeah. um, <laughs> Jordan Peele be in it was a lot of fun. I thought that was great. Yeah, like that like that that. Uh, you know, time kind of cop character. Yeah, no, so, I, I, I love that character. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a funny bit and everything. I was trying to place his voice the whole time. I'm like, I know this guy it was driving me nuts, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Then the Einstein tag at the end, I think, is really good. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Einstein <laughs> tag feel, is great, too. I feel this with time. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Well, I'm glad you I mean, like I said, I figured you would like this one a lot because it's one of those things where they deal with, like I said, the, you know, the uncertainty principle and stuff I figured would be up your alley. So, yeah, no. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this one. Good. So, OK, so let's get to to the last Cowboy Bebop on the list. Uh, Black Dog Serenade, episode 16. Yes, this was my favorite of all of them. I enjoyed yes! this one the most. <laughs> so, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is it is a pretty straight ahead story. You yeah. know, it's not you know, it's not granted is told in, in in anime but it's 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 definitely something that felt like familiar ground yeah so it's basically con air at times yeah i mean yeah exactly <laughs> like i don't you know i don't it's also the whole idea of you know we get a little background you know at least the background that i have most background i had for jet so it was cool to see all that um unfold and the you know the idea that you know this udi taxum assassin guy i liked you know right off the bat that he was cool and i was hoping for more of him yeah <laughs> but you know alas so, um, but no, I like the reveal about the thing with his partner. I also like the, the thing I like the most was the idea that, you know, he basically puts that one bullet in his gun. He knows full well what he's doing when he confronts Jet. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a, um, a nice, you know, nice moment, you know, cause I'm like, oh, that sucks. He's going to do that. But that's what he's going to do. Yeah. So. Well, do- doesn't it also make the, make the whole episode, like it gives it a hook, right? It makes, it makes a, it takes it from, well, his partner's kind of. You know, like, I, I don't have a good feeling about the way that this is going. Right. Right. No, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing about it was it, it definitely cast Jet in the role of being like the private eye. It yeah. felt very kind of, it felt a little like Mickey Splain or like kind of noirish. The idea that, you know, once upon a time you were a guy that, you know, followed the law and now you're just a guy that does what he wants. And, you know, we may or not, you know, it may or may or not be your partner's fault that you're no longer a cop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You even so, get him as a, with the fedora. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. I did think that it was it was it it occurred to me who Jet reminded me of as a visual. And it was Iroh. Like if oh, you look yeah. at his like if you look at his face, it's somewhat Iroh like. 
with yeah. the chops, with the mutton. <laughs> yeah, with the mutton chops. So that kind of like big buff Iro. Yeah, yeah, it's a big buff Iro, exactly, with a robot arm. So, well, it's, it's interesting you bring up the facial hair and everything because I remember thinking like like it's so interesting to me that in the flashbacks they keep it uh-huh. right, like that that the visual is still there. And it's one of those things where, like, I feel like design wise, it would be much more typical for us to see Jet like, like cleanly shaved. Sure. And I like that it's still there. But if you look at it to later points in the episode, it is slightly cleaner, like it's kept better. Right. Because when you see him in the future uh, and, and, you know, you're just kind of like three quarter shots and everything. Like it is it, it is wider on the sides and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it, it was a cool, very subtle change that i thought was was cool i don't know mm-hmm. just unconventional but neat right. nonetheless yeah but you know all in all this is like i said this was the one i liked the most the whole thing with the prison you know the prison riot slash break in, in the ship you know again if you have a you have a moment of someone who knows more than you know there's somebody in the shadows that knows more about stuff so you know i don't know if that's you know they call back to that at some point so again it's a question of like oh well and you know i'd like to see more about what that was about I like sort of the grubbiness of the of the fight scene at the end that there's not yeah. a lot of, you know, it feels it feels down and dirty, which I think is cool. Like you feel every punch you feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's true. Again, it's it's true to character. I think it, it's, you know, I don't I don't I, don't, I never even, what little I know about uh, Jed. I didn't see him as being much of a, you know, finesse fighter. Right. So. But yeah, like I said, this one, this one was my favorite of all the ones I watched. I like this one the most. So cool. Yes. Good job. Tommy Clifton, anything to add? Well, eh, well, to me, it was, this is a nice callback to it. I felt it was very, uh, it was very noirish and how it was shown and what he went through. And um, again, this is his backstory part two, in which you get an right. introduction to uh, Jet and what he dealt with as a cop and what his little bit of what his past was. So, for yeah, for what it was, I, I guess. I mean, I I would have liked to know more about. The syndicates that they operate, they just call each one a different syndicate over the course of the years, um, mm-hmm. or excuse me, over the course of areas. Like, regardless of who they come across, it's a different syndicate based upon a different area. But um, I would, I, to me, I, I would have wanted more to know about his leg. I didn't think, I thought his leg was also a, a prosthetic, not just his arm, because he always right. walks with a limp. Um. Yeah, it just shows how naive Jet is at the end of the day, which plays into the character as a, as a whole, and what she's always trusting. Yeah, because I think so too. With the idea that you know, you probably didn't, you know, did definitely didn't, you know, in a lot of ways, it's a moment of, wow, he didn't really see this coming. He didn't still really see it coming again. So yeah, in fact, he called his friend to help him track down the guy, <laughs> yeah. <you> right, <laughs> so, right, who was, exactly. who was yeah, who was the mob um, um, cop taking pace still to this day. So I guess I guess at the end of it I was I was like, eh, would he have folded that quickly? I don't know. <laughs> his yeah. his partner helping him out that looks like Rucker Howard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's what yeah, I kept yeah, thinking the whole did. time. But I was but at the end of it, I was like, you did this all so he could kill you at the end? Right. <laughs> because at the end of the day, when he when when he finally I mean, I get them killing the hitman. Right, but it's not like the hitman was had secrets that anybody was interested in, and it was based upon that phone call. They sort right. of give him the brush off, like I guess because I guess the cop was gonna go kill him. Mm. But yeah, I, I didn't think the cop would have would have put up more of a fight against Jet instead of allowing him to get the upper hand and killing him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Okay, so let's move on to our last one. Season two, episode four, Total Recall. So again, this was a um this was a this one I thought was pretty pretty easy <laughs> choice for you because of the fact that it is the hey, there's a character that we don't know about that's you know suddenly in our sitcom, like, you know, like uh like like Dawn from uh Buffy or um what's another good example? You know, a character <laughs> that's supposed to be like everyone's supposed to know this yeah. character. And I thought it, you know, for for your love of sitcoms, I thought it was a perfect choice for you. Yes. Yeah, so this is this is the the moment where I guess we have in common, right? Because you, mo- <laughs> it sounds like you're the entirety of watching Cowboy Bebop. You had this feeling of like, is this a new character? Is this somebody <laughs> yes. we've met before? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Synchronistically, this worked out for both of us. So yeah, the the yes. uncle character. I'm like, whoa, who's this guy and everything? But you know, very very quickly, I, I'm I'm relieved of that. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, sure. no. We, I'm supposed to be as confused as everybody watching this episode. Yes. So I get it. I get things now, right? Mm-hmm. But no, I th- I think the setup is super interesting of for this one. I I really enjoy the escalation uh-huh. of this of the scenario, and and my favorite aspect of it, I think, is the moment where like Rick has this all under control. Yes. You know. Yeah. And then there's a point. Where they start directing their attention to, towards Rick, and yes. it all starts getting affected, and he's confused, and now he can't trust his judgment either anymore. And I really, really liked how that all like like broke down, right? Basically, yeah. And, and again, like in in and I guess in the customary Rick and Morty way, I don't know. I've only seen five episodes, and a <laughs> sixth one that I can't remember uh, is <laughs> you know nice family moment surrounded over, you know, horrifying. We're going to shoot everybody in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. and no, and like, and, and a tenderness that it, it, it's, it's wrapped in. We have bad memories of each other. Therefore it's real. It's very <laughs> yes. cynical. It's a very, yes. very, very, very like uh, pessimistic way at looking at things. But at the same time, there's, a, there is a sweetness to it yes. because we have this and we're still here. Yes, bad still- memories are the key to saving the day, but at the same time, I have bad memories of you. Yeah. And they're not, and the memories they have are not, they're pretty bad memories. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. So for me, it's the idea that, you know, you get like these moments of, of their, again, this is where one of those episodes where, granted, it's all in there. It's, it's all, it's not real, quote unquote. It's all in their head, but you get moments like where these, where all these characters are with, you know, having these adventures with, all these fake characters that we've never seen before, but it's done in a way that like, well, maybe this could have like, I mean, granted the idea of, of Rick and Frankenstein's monster and Nam. Right. <laughs> <laughs> While absurd and ridiculous still at the same time, I'm like, I'd watch that. I'd watch right. an episode of the two of them in Nam together. Yeah. And we, you know, we don't know if, you know, as far as we know, we don't know that Rick was ever in, you know, in the service of any kind. So. Yeah. But no, I, I like, I, I love the fact that they, they, they alter the credits. With Mr. Poopy Butthole to make you think that maybe he's, you know, that's a nice, I think that's a nice sell. Yeah. For the episode. So you think that, well, surely he has to be one of these, you know, things. But I, I do love the fact that the characters get more and more absurd. I love the Mr. Belvedere, you know, pastiche. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the fact that it turns into almost a, a Mrs. Doubtfire thing when, when they go to the dance together with Morty. He and Morty go to the dance. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Oh, Sleepy Gary. How can we not talk about Sleepy yeah. Gary? 
No, no, no. I, well, r- really quick before we get to Sleepy Gary. So the thing, the, the thing that I liked about the, the Mr. Poopy Pants the bit at the end, it, like the stinger, yeah, Mr. Poopy is, Butthole, yeah, is is it is also a nice take on 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 the opposite side of when characters like just abruptly leave shows. Sure, and I like that it, it's kind of a weird take on that, but it also, yeah, it it it, it does reinforce the episode. It does give it some stakes. It does give it some staying power. But you mm-hmm. know. It, it, it it's a it's a sad ending we're like oh, no, sure. he, he just oh, yeah he wants you guys to leave <laughs> which of course yeah. why wouldn't he he's sorry you only have fond memories of him yeah. <laughs> right right well just the, just the bit where again this is get back to the whole thing of what we were talking about in the beginning was you know it's it's a very simplistic but highly stylized style for the characters and that bit like to me it never gets more real for me that bit when 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 Beth realizes oh my god I shot Mr. Poopy Buttle and I'm gonna like when she's shaking with the wine glass yeah it's so real, but it's like yeah. this is such a simplistic cartoon <laughs> of you know of the way they do it. But to me, it's like, oh man, yeah. that moment's real. That's a real moment. Of, you know, a character flipping out about the fact that they shot someone yeah. in their living room, and this is after, like you said, this is after them killing like all those parasites. Yeah, you know, she doesn't blink. Then nope, not at all, <laughs> so, not at all. No, but you know. the the other thing that I took away from it is Jerry is broken. <laughs> <laughs> but he's broken in the best way. I love right, Jerry. Yeah. I love I love Chris Parnell is amazing as Jerry. Yeah. That's one thing I will the, always say about it. I love Chris Parnell on uh as uh what's his name on um Archer? Oh Tommy. Tommy, Tommy. help. <laughs> oh no, I'm tired. I completely drawn a break. I can see his okay. face, his glasses. Was it Figus? No, it's yeah, uh, no no no. Yeah, Figus. It's um yeah. that's our, last yeah. name. our engineer is screaming at us right now. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I, I'm behind on Archer. So, but he's great. I mean, he's great on that, and he's really great. God, I love him so much as Jerry. He's so awesome at being well, this broken Cyril figure. Cyril, thank you, thank it, you. It just it just gets me so much that that like right, you're 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 in a classic Twilight Zone yes. scenario. Some of my favorite episodes ever of Twilight Zone are this exact situation. They're like one of us in this room is not who we say we are, right? <laughs> yeah, and I love right. I love that Jerry is so convinced that it's him. Right, right. <laughs> like, yes. like he's so yeah. broken that he's like, all of you guys are more real than I am. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe in the, the bit on the boat where he says, "Maybe we'll see Chewbacca." Right. <laughs> God, it makes me laugh every time I think about it. Yeah. But no, I mean, like I said, just the just the the rolodex of like wacky characters, like Ghost in a Jar, and all that stuff, and Tinkles, <laughs> and then and then to have. A voice actor of his level, Keith David, just be reverse giraffe for like two minutes and then go right out. Never, you know, doesn't have any more lines, you know. Oh, I don't know if it's me, too, but that that scene on the boat. Yeah. Where where or, um, where they hook up. It's like it. <laughs> I'm reminded of like it's it felt like talented Mr. Ripley to me. OK, <laughs> right. It, it echoed that to me. It just felt like a distillation of talented Mr. Ripley, like in in a minute, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know sure. if anybody else caught that, but or yeah. felt that, I would say. I don't know if it's intentional. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. That was maybe we'll see Chewbacca. Yeah. 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 No, I I love that. I love the idea of Sleepy Gary and the fact that, you know, that he's he's so much more real to Jerry than Jerry is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And again the so. marriage after that is she's like she's like, I still need time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So Oh, yeah. poor Jerry. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So maybe my favorite of the bunch. I don't know. 
okay, good. Like I said, Me, I figured this one was going to be right Seeks up your was pretty great, too. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I figured you'd dig this one, so. Yeah. Good. Good, good, no. good. So, okay, so, so to start wrapping up, then, so, like, so how did we do? Uh, did, you, did you come around? Are you a fan? Am I a fan of Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. I, I liked it a whole lot. I don't know how, how soon I'm going to be able to revisit it. Right. It's, it's one of those. I liked it enough that I thought, again, that's one of those things where, I, you know, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of like, well, you know, what happens to this character? Is this going to be something that gets dealt with or not? So, no, I mean, it, you know, the ac- accessibility of it has never been easier at this point. It's not like I have to borrow it from somebody or anything. So I'm sure I'll stick with it and probably finish it up. I just don't know when, again, with, with now that we live in the world of, you know, a cornucopia of everything at our fingertips practically for episodes. And, and there's more streaming services coming up every day. You don't have you to know. get a bootleg VHS no. recorded yeah. off of Midnight Adult Swim no. from a friend. No. Yeah, there's no there's no choppy at, you know commercial breaks <laughs> or you know any of that kind of stuff. So no, I mean I'll probably finish it up. Yeah, but it was you know I enjoyed it enough to watch, probably I'll probably stick with it. Yeah, I mean the unfortunate thing is is sort of like the the format for for this episode is mm. is I think unfortunately the attempt to to win you over is also going to kind of ruin the experience of watching it for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause you jumped around and you got to see, right. You didn't get to see stuff unfold naturally as it did. Right. Like right. just, but at the same time, like I didn't just want to pick episodes that were like, okay, like, <laughs> right. I guess it's cool. Right. I wanted to give you something with some meat. Cause sure, I know sure. that, cause I know that that's, what's going to, that's, what's going to win you over. Right. You know, but no, but, Cowboy Bebop is one of those cartoons or animes that um, it's a genuine classic. It's right. like if it was if there were animes to be picked in the Criterion Collection, that would be one of them. Right. Even though it's yeah. dated, there is nothing that's been produced similar like it. Even when um, the creator wanted to do it with um, what's it called? Um, Samurai Champloo. It doesn't come off as well as this one. Right. So um, it's just it's if you like cartoons as a whole, it's something that you should watch because what they do with music is amazing that a lot of cartoons don't pull off as well as what they do with Cowboy Bebop. That 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 intro is is his is uh, inspired things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you do choose to watch it, just bear in mind that it's already laid groundwork for a lot of the stuff you've already seen. Right. No, I mm-hmm. got that. I, I yeah. figure as much. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it kind of if you're looking for for the story, a lot of the stuff you I've, I'm certain you've already seen before. And it's more along the lines of, OK, they got it from this. OK, I see what uh-huh. they did. It pulls from okay. this. Like you like Jacob Marlowe and stuff like Noir. You'll mm-hmm. definitely see um, how um, Bebop Philip used Marlo. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Uh, so, yeah, I'm. It's it's one of those things that I'm. I mean, it did get a movie, so so what I'm going to say is not completely accurate because because that happened. But it's one of those things. Like I'm surprised that they haven't done more with it. Right. That it hasn't been revisited in all this time. As popular as it is, as like well regarded as it is. Well, the movie is. It's a very anime thing. The movie is set between episodes. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. No. Knowing that, like, I mean, but that—that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I can't believe that there weren't more movies set in between other episodes. That there weren't, you know, that they. It's just funny to me, especially when, 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 like, you know, things like like um, Full Metal Alchemist, like Brotherhood, where they basically like like redid it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, oh, no, but those, those come about because they started adaptation before the source is done. Yeah, and that's this was just the source. Yeah, that's different. And this is more like artwork. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's this was made as a one and done. It wasn't made as like a franchise um, thing. It was like, here's an idea I want to push across. I have a vision. Now I'm done with the vision. It's like with Watchmen Alan Moore. Right. If, mm-hmm. if um, it was made in the West. But being that the creator did it for what it is and it's done with it, they're not pressuring him to do anything more because really they got a lot of mileage out of this. In yeah, fact, yeah. they still get mileage out of it. Zach, what was the episode besides My Funny Valentine that you were thinking? Oh, uh, the the when you, other when title. you thought two were combined. Yeah, so I I was conflating My Funny Valentine and um, number 19 that was Speak Like a Child. Okay. I was ah. conflating those two. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, one one Cowboy Bebop thing that is coming, hopefully, maybe, is the Netflix show that got interrupted mm. first due to injury. Yeah. And then interrupted again due to other circumstances. Mm. So, you know, we might be getting more Cowboy Bebop stuff yeah. in the future. Okay. Uh, John Cho is as Spike. Spike. Hmm. Okay. Check out um, check out the intro for Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was season five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Season yeah. five of uh, of the Nickelodeon yeah, it's a, it's show. It's a straight homage to the Cowboy Bebop yeah, open. It's uh, yeah. We'll we'll put it up on let me know how it is dot com so you guys can see that as well. It's re- it's it's really close. Um, Rick and Morty. Um, yeah, I'm in. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll go. I mean, I might be able to get caught up, uh, right. you know, in time. In time for the new season. Also, so, Tommy, I'm think I'm thinking, son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, that's funny that you should say that. That's what Laura yeah. said that he should watch. Yeah, he should that's watch a good that one, episode. But it, I, it was there were some episodes I was thinking to give you Zach that I there was just there's season four and I, and it, it would be tough to find them, so I didn't give them to you. Right, but that's a that's a good one too. You'd like that one a lot too. But okay. I'll let you get to it. No, it's it's, the, it's, the, it's the line, a, the line a, from it is that is basically son of a bitch. I'm in. It's a yeah. fun Somebody show. Ca- yeah, good. Glad you enjoyed it. It's a fun show. I've been I've been waiting to watch the um the short that came out of uh, Comic Con at home. Mm-hmm. Also, like this whole time, like you know, yep. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, I've been itching to watch it. So and, it and that's and that's the cool thing. I I like that the show does that, and I like that yes. that you know it makes sense because mm-hmm. there is um. You know, there's the multiverse out there, so so you know it, it it's not out of nowhere, even though it's out of nowhere, and they're kind of just flexing whatever muscles they want to flex. Yeah, you know, but it feels very, feels very like comic book annual to me. Yeah, which is always which is which is always so cool when you can kind of evoke that feeling watching an animated show somewhere. I love like I love specials. I just sure love of course it, you know? no. That's I mean that's one of the things I like about that show too is the fact that there's a lot of ancillary things that. It's one of the show, the few shows that I watch now that I don't feel like if I don't see every little iota of momentary, like every minute they produced, that's okay. Yeah. Like not everything is so crucial to the, you know, the entirety of the series. And I like that. But I also like the fact that, like you said, there's all these, you know, they do these cool little extra bits just to do them because they like doing them. Yeah. No, so, it, was a, it, was, it was a fun one. So good. So thank you guys. Very good. You know. Tommy Clifton, thanks, thanks for watching this along <laughs> with us, and yes, you know, and helping me out, especially with Cowboy Bebop, because because uh, you guys remember it a lot better than I do, because you guys have seen it so many more times than I have. 
but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, that you enjoyed some of it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> At least. Yes. Yes. I yeah. enjoyed some of it. So good. So Very good. All right. So tell us in the comments what you guys think about these shows and the episodes that we just watched. While you're there, suggest a topic for us. Uh, find us on YouTube also. Just don't forget to subscribe while you're there. And finally, don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash let me know how it is. And follow us on Twitter at our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. Thanks for listening, and we will see you on the next one. <laughs>